0: Over the past five months, small businesses in America have been undergoing a mass extinction event. Bars are closed, restaurants are half empty, and retail is shuttered. Full blocks are slipping away. I wanted a sense of how this is playing out in the city I live in, Chicago. Not the one-off story of a beloved bar, not the frightening toll in national statistics. I wanted the story of one block. So I went to 75th Street in the Chatham neighborhood in the heart of Chicago's South Side. This part of the South Side is really pretty. There are huge street trees, flowers on the steps of the bungalows, brick two-flats. Al Capone used to live in one of them. Many corners have signs from block clubs setting the rules of the road. No loud music, no car repair, watch out for children playing. Even in middle-class parts of the South Side, commercial corridors have struggled. Redlining, big-box stores, job loss, and black flight have left them full of vacancies. There are signs for businesses that have been gone so long their phone numbers don't have area codes. Signs for furniture stores, nurseries, food markets, stores that sold beepers. Which is what has long made this stretch of 75th Street, just east of South Michigan Avenue, stand out. And what makes it stand out now? even during the pandemic. There's a handful of hair salons and barbershops. There's a dentist and a daycare. There's a cycling gym, where one day I visit, the DJ is wheeling bikes onto the sidewalk for afternoon classes.
1: I play a little bit of everything. South music, uh, hip-hop, uh, R&B.
0: There's a cult favorite vegetarian joint, Solveig, which always has a line inside, and a famous barbecue joint, Lem's, which always has a line outside.
1: Yes, can I have a large tip, extra mouth sauce,
2: and then extra mouth sauce on the
0: side. That's awesome. There are two dry cleaners where the pressed uniforms of Chicago police and transit workers hang under plastic, and a tailor who says online ordering suits him just fine.
2: Yeah, it's gonna keep good. It's never gonna stop because there's nothing you can buy that
3: can fit you perfectly. You're gonna need some altering. That's why it's altering.
0: There's a deli run by an ex-cop.
3: And I went there undercover in plain clothes, and they knew who I was, and I got to a fight. So, as me and him started to fight, my gun fought on my waistband. And me and a guy is literally fighting for this pistol.
0: There's a bakery, a frame shop, and Francis's cocktail lounge. The bar has been here since December 31st, 1965. Muhammad Ali used to drop by, Michael Jordan, too.
1: So, we are the Regal Beagle. <laughs> You don't know Three's Company, huh? <laughs> okay. So uh, a lot of people, it is the neighborhood cheers where everybody knows your name, and we're able to have people come out and have cocktails on the front. So that has really seemed to help us. Excuse me, you got your mask? Okay, I need you to have on a mask.
0: Jada wilson Turnbow runs the place with her cousin, whose mother founded it. If you can't tell, she used to be an assistant principal at a Chicago public school.
1: Can you put on your mask for me, please? Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Working with children really got me ready for
0: this. (laughs) One reason I picked this stretch of 75th Street was because it seemed on paper like exactly the kind of place that would have struggled to get through the pandemic, a stretch of Black-owned family businesses in a city that has been hit hard by COVID-19. But what I found was not what I expected. By mid-July, virtually every business on 75th Street had reopened after the initial shutdown. Some were just getting by, but many of them said, in spite of everything, that they were doing great. I'm Henry Grabar, and this is the final episode in our series on the future of the city during and after COVID-19. Today on the show, one block on Chicago's south side, tries to get through the storm. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person, Anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
3: So when the pandemic happened, I just got home um, from a job in Houston
0: You know that feeling you had in March when you started clearing things off your calendar? Trips? Weddings? Zoe Reams had to do that too.
3: My April job got canceled. My summer job got canceled.
0: Except that Zoe is an opera singer. So her calendar was just a little more interesting than yours.
3: Um, I was supposed to be in Paris like now. That got canceled. I was supposed to be at Lyric. And then I was going to be in Sweeney Todd, which would have also been super fun. I've done that show a couple times now.
0: So she came home to help her mom run the family business, the Brown Sugar Bakery. It's right across the street from Francis Cocktail Lounge, and like many places here, it was initially shut down for that, months.
3: I mean, everyone was unemployed. All so
0: was unemployed. they applied for the Paycheck Protection Program.
3: It was almost like they didn't want us to get the money. <laughs> I mean, that's how it felt, you know. Um, that process was kind of grueling, and and then it was overshadowed, you know, by you see news things being like, oh, and then Ruth's Chris got all this money, and you're like sitting in your in your bedroom and on your laptop as a small business being like, well, shit. Like-
0: After hours of work and lots of revisions, Brown Sugar did eventually get PPP loans. They- but reopening the bakery brought its own challenges.
3: Everything was on back order. You know, sometimes instead of going to the restaurant depot, we just have to go to Aldi and be like, hi, we need to buy all of your milk. <laughs> you know, we need 30 gallons of milk. And so it was definitely moments like that where, you know, things that we weren't used to um, or just going to a grocery store and buying 60 cases of strawberries.
0: Other businesses on 75th Street, the dry cleaners, the barbershop, a custom T-shirt store, didn't get PPP loans. The T-shirt business suffered as family reunions were canceled. The dry cleaning business flagged as churchgoers kept their Sunday best in the closet. Nationwide, we know that Black businesses have been undercovered by the small business bailout. And 75th Street is no exception. Besides the loans, the other big racial disparity is, of course, in the actual public health effects of the pandemic. Jada, at Francis Cocktail Lounge, her husband got the virus back in March.
1: When they were still telling people not to come to the hospital unless you had breathing difficulty, Um, so overnight... His uh, breathing changed while we were sleeping, and I did rush him to the hospital, but at that point, it was
0: too late. He died on March 31st.
1: When I, after he passed, of course, I tested and found out I had COVID. So I was at home by myself for 18 days, just me and my dog. So those were probably the hardest days. Still not easy now. I just believe in God's will, so.
0: While Jada was home, her customers were looking out for her place even though it was technically closed.
1: What's really funny is once the weather kind of broke, maybe about April, we had people that would come out and sit in front with their own chairs and their cocktails. So it was still the meeting place, even though we were closed. You got your mask? You got his mask? You got your mask, sir? Need you to have your mask. Thank you. So pleasant. Most people that have been coming to us have been here for years or their parents have come and we still have some of my aunt's friends who are in their 90s, that's still 80s and 90s, that come out occasionally.
0: Over at Brown Sugar, things were getting back to normal, in no small part thanks to Zoe being on the scene with a quintessential millennial task, putting her mother's business online.
3: I'm the person doing most of the online stuff, so I see as the orders come in in our database and I'm writing the tickets. And I would say it's probably about 65 to 75% of our ordering is online. Yeah. How does that compare to what was happening before? Well, it was 0% really, because we didn't have any uh, online. We, wow. we didn't do online
0: at all. It's a huge change. With its sit-down area closed, Brown Sugar has transformed itself overnight into a business where orders get made online. And revenue is almost back to where it was. And this was something I heard at a few places. Mabe's Deli was doing well. Lem's was so busy I couldn't even interview them. I did get some ribs, though. The dry cleaner and the barber also said business was good. If anyone would be having a hard time, it would be Jada at Francis Cocktail Lounge. For her, adapting has been a lot tougher and a lot less profitable.
1: But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like people in Chicago want to continue and follow the mandates and follow the rules. Luckily, we have a uh, patio in the rear, so we will be able to have guests outside. We're probably at
0: 20%. 20% of business as usual. And that was before Chicago closed indoor bars for the second time. Later, Jada told me.
1: So we are turning people away and turning people, after two hours, asking them to leave so we can let other people in. They don't like that idea. Um, so that is a challenge, but we have to keep everybody safe. By November, I really think we'll be close anyway. We'll be close to back to phase one, if not phase two.
0: And yet, Jada seems surprisingly unfazed by this. Maybe it was that the city was converting the parking lane outside the bar into a patio area for her customers. But there was something deeper, too. She says she first set foot in the tavern at the age of three, and she's seen a lot of family businesses leave the neighborhood since then. She's watched the restaurants close. You can't get a sit-down dinner here anymore.
1: I can't think of the restaurants there on 75th Street. There were so many. Uh,
0: and the groceries. Uh,
1: well, the liquor store wasn't a liquor store. That was a grocery store. People, you know, would walk to the grocery store. Everybody pretty much, you know, shopped in their own neighborhood, which we don't, of course, now, which is sad. But,
0: um, Jade is not going to let her aunt's bar go the way of those grocery stores without a fight. What Jade is talking about has been the story on the South Side since 2000. Middle-class Black families have been leaving for the suburbs, and businesses are leaving with them. Manufacturing jobs have disappeared. Predatory lending and foreclosures have torn the fabric of neighborhoods. The slice of the population with college degrees and high salaries is getting smaller. It's just as hard as ever to get a loan. And that was all before the pandemic hit. Restaurants aren't closing now because they were never able to open in the first place.
4: It's very hard for um, Black entrepreneurs. We don't have access to the venture capital of others. We don't have friends and families that can, you know, write us a check for a couple of million dollars. And bootstrapping what we get are the um, wonderful takeout restaurants Because those businesses depended upon takeout, it was not a big stretch to go from in-person takeout to ordering online and delivery.
0: Nidra Sims Fears is the head of the Greater Chatham Initiative. She's trying to revive commercial strips on this part of the South Side. She says food-based businesses in the area have seen revenues fall by 35 to 65 percent. But 75th Street does seem to be doing okay
4: we know for a fact that soul vegetarian limbs barbecue and brown sugar bakery are regional destinations where people come 25 miles away one day i was at limbs and there was a woman who was purchasing a bottle of limbs hot sauce so she could jump on the plane and go back to la people were lined up at limbs in the middle of the riots it was the most Curious thing to see people standing in the middle of a riot waiting to get Lim's barbecues.
0: So I guess in a sense then, one way to explain 75th Street's continued vitality is that it's no longer just serving the four blocks around it as it might have done in the 1970s or something when there were equivalent strips on 79th and and other um, thoroughfares. It it now does occupy kind of a unique place in the South Side commercial ecosystem.
4: That is correct. Chase Foundation did an analysis of how walkable communities were in the city of Chicago. And when they looked at Black versus white communities, the average, let's say, low-wage to high-wage white person in a white neighborhood could walk to and get amenities, amenities. But for African-Americans, that was not the case. Typically, they were a couple of miles away from picking up their um, amenities, whether they're groceries, flowers, um, or a bottle of wine.
0: In other words, 75th Street endures in spite of disinvestment and black flight on the South Side, but also because of it. It looks like neighborhood retail, but it serves a much bigger market. It's one of a kind. Chatham, Nidra says, has been the breadbasket of the South Side. Even within the Strip, you can see how its resilience during the pandemic is related to the hardships of an earlier era. There weren't many new ventures ready to fold like a house of cards because banks don't lend money like that down here. The places vulnerable to e-commerce already left.
4: I grew up in Chatham, and I remember there were several hardware stores in the neighborhood. And when Home Depot came, um, those hardware stores struggled. And when Lowe's came, they basically went out of existence.
0: A few blocks down 75th Street, I found a place whose customers came from even further afield.
2: This machine we purchased in 80-something, and it cuts them both at once. It's got two blades, one on each
0: side. This is The wood shop, a gallery and framing store. Brian DeAntignac, the son of the gallery's owner, is showing me an ancient blue-green German miter saw. Standing in front of the machine, looking a bit overwhelmed, is Brian's 14-year-old intern, Mitch.
2: So where we at, Mitch? Take that off of there. Go
0: easy. Mitch is trying to unscrew a bolt to replace a complex looking widget called a moisture trap. And I'm nervous on his behalf. This machine looks expensive.
2: Make that nice and tight. Yep, get it tight as you can. Go up, go easy. And then he gets it. You got it? My man, you the man. Come on. follow me, come this way. This place is huge. This is not small. So this is
0: one of the gallery's faces. Brian's father opened this place in the 70s. Virtually every wall of its many rooms is covered in art. Portraits of Malcolm X and Barack Obama. Prints by Annie Lee, the now famous Chicago artist that Brian's dad discovered in the 80s. In the front room, by the phone, Brian pulls out an old laminated photo album. That's me. <laughs>
2: That's my brother. It's my other brother. It's my dad. And you've
0: been working here basically your whole life? Right? Yes. Yes, I have. That's
2: great. Yes. Um,
0: so tell me, how have things been in this pandemic?
2: It's been a challenge. They shut us down immediately. Um, you know, the money thing was a little jinky. You know, but we, like I said, we survived that first wave. And as soon as they allowed us to open back up, we had a huge rush of customers.
0: I asked Brian what made 75th Street different from some of the corridors nearby.
2: It's a little difficult for me to answer that question because we lost so many businesses in the last 20 years. So it doesn't feel different. It looks the way it looks, but we've lost 60% of our businesses 20 years to now. Yes. And they were all black. I mean, Fletcher's Records. And they have been around as a a music distributor for 60 years. I didn't know they were closed. Yeah, we moved here in 70, 78. And there was not a vacant store on this street between probably 94 all the way to Stony Island.
0: So maybe what I see is, look at how vibrant this strip has survived, what you see is...
2: Remnants of what it used to be. Remnants of what it used to be. Yeah. Yes.
0: If 75th Street survived this crisis, one person suggested to me, it was because they've been fighting a deeper, slower crisis for two decades. If I tilt my head just so, I can see 75th the way Brian does, not as a bright spot among the corridors of the South Side, but as a fading star. Here, like in so many places, the story of the pandemic is really about what happened before the pandemic. This is a theme I've come across over and over reporting this series. When the virus hit, it exposed just how fragile many cities already were. The bare-bones budgets, the flailing city school districts, the millions of Americans one paycheck away from eviction, and the arts institutions scrounging for donations while the stock market hit record highs. None of that really is new, but COVID has made it newly visible. That's the show and the series. Thanks to Nidra Sims Fears, Brian D'Antignac, Jada wilson Turnbow, Zoe Reams, Maurice Cox, and everyone else I talked to on 75th Street. What Next TBD is produced by Ethan Brooks. Derek John and Allison Benedict edited our scripts and listened to our tape early in the morning and late at night. Thank you, Allison and Derek. Alicia Montgomery gave us direction on this series. I'm Henry Grabar, and I'm back now to writing my book about parking. You can follow me on Twitter at Henry Grabar. TBD is part of the larger What Next family. TBD is also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. Thanks for listening. Mary will be back in your feed on Monday.